You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about, ask us any questions you have, or just say hi. Enjoy the show. Colleen, welcome to the Fully Occupied Show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We've met a couple years back uh, when we were both trying to figure out how the pandemic was going to impact our startups. Um, we'll get to how the answer to that question uh, a little bit later, but it's glad to see you're you're, you're surviving here and you're you're on a, a positive trajectory. Why don't you um, introduce yourself for everybody and tell us a little bit about your company, Lulafit? I'm I'm still here, so I'd like a gold star, please, to start <laughs> off. <laughs> As we all probably feel after the last two years. Everyone deserves but yeah, a gold star. Yeah, I'm Colleen Warner. I we all I like gold stars for us all. Um, but yeah, I'm Colleen Warner. I'm the founder and CEO of Lulafit. We are an amenity uh, company that has uh, been around since 2014. Uh, I founded it here in Chicago, which is where our headquarters is. Um, we serve. Uh, companies and commercial real estate buildings all across the country and uh, companies even all across, all across the globe. Um, and we're really rooted in well-being. And for us, that means three main things, basically, your physical health, your mental health, and your social health. So t- typically, people don't expect a well-being company to also throw happy hours and, you know, um, game nights and, and fun thing like, things like that. But uh, we like to incorporate something for everybody. So uh, whether it's a fitness center, um, you know, a mental health program, or just having a little fun, there's something for everybody. That's awesome. So in 2014, when you when you saw the opportunity for this business, like, what did it look like in your mind? And does it still look and operate the same as as what you originally thought it would be? That's such a good question. I think I'm still trying to solve the same problem, which yep. is just, we all deserve to have access to the things that help us perform our best that make us feel good that fuel our lives and our passions. Um, but very few of us know how to get it. And so my former career was a professional athlete. I was a professional ballet dancer and it really opened my eyes to the fact that as an athlete, right, I had access to all of these things. It was my job to be well. Um, but the rest of the world, (laughs) it was almost the opposite. Um, and so I really wanted to create a solution where, we took the time um, and also had the, the facilities, the spaces around us where we could connect with one another and do things that were good for us. Um, and maybe a couple of things that aren't, right? Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, for me, that's been kind of my passion. It's helping people get closer to that. Um, and commercial real estate was the perfect, you know, really gateway into, uh, you know, accessing people and, it's been an, a wonderful industry to grow within and support. So I'm, I'm honored to, that, that I'm still here, like I said. Still standing. Um, so commercial real estate being your canvas, you mentioned both commercial landlords and occupiers, um, businesses that yeah. have people in space. So like, what do you provide for uh, those, those personas? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So we're hired by both groups, whether it's a, you know, tenant or an occupier who's going to occupy their own space or going into a larger space. And then also by, uh, you know, landlords themselves, sometimes brokers hire us, uh, property management divisions um, to really come in and first consult. What do we have? What types of spaces uh, do we need to serve the population, the employee base um, that is here? How do we help people thrive at work? Um, and then really building out what that looks like. So working closely with the architect um, and the design team, as well as leasing and all the other parties involved to create the space, build the space, uh, bring it to life. And then we launch and actually manage that space. Um, and one of the newest endeavors that we've taken on over the last few years, so it, was a, it was a bit before the pandemic, but the pandemic surely accelerated it, was what does that experience look like outside of the four walls of that space, right? Which is, I think, what we've all been contending with in commercial real estate over the last couple of years is how do we keep a pulse on people when they're not in our buildings? Um, and we've built a, a completely digital solution for that too. So now we get hired actually by companies just for our digital solution. Um, but the most kind of popular use for it seems to be you're working with us in a, in a physical space and you want to connect the rest of your workforce and give them access to the same things that the people in your main offices have. And that's, I think, what we're really specializing. So working with some of those large enterprise users um, and just larger scale users to make sure that the benefits that they get <laughs> that they have in their physical space are matched in this omni-channel way, right? So now if you've hired a, a workforce in Nebraska, right, and your main office is in Houston, you can really give those same benefits. And that's really helping companies accomplish a stronger culture, um, really paying attention to DEI, access to resources and benefits. And it's also just fun. It's fun to connect people in, with different experiences. Cool. So it's almost like you're taking those like wellness amenities that are within like the four walls of the office building that you traditionally go to nine to five, five days a week. And taking the walls down and giving it to everybody in a digital solution. So like, what does that mean? Are you creating partnerships with fitness franchises and chains? Are you giving them access to wellness benefits like mental health counseling, or is it something where the employee logs in and has a kind of like a menu of things that the company has provided to them that they could access? How does the user experience work? I guess is, is the question. Yeah, what is it? I think. Yeah, what are <laughs> like we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, our digital solution and, and platform is is really, as you mentioned, uh, a place where someone can come and experience uh, all of our services in the digital world. So we don't outsource anything. It's actually been all built in house. We have a full production team and content creation staff. So we film hundreds and hundreds of hours of content um, every single month from fitness classes. We both have live stream fitness classes and on-demand fitness classes, events. We have a speaker series that we run every single month. We've had famous chefs, uh, writers, therapists, all, all uh, some amazing guests on our, on our platform. Um, we also do private coaching. So we do private mental health coaching with licensed therapists on our platform. We also do one-on-one -on -one personal training and one-on-one -on -one nutritional counseling. All of those things you can also get in our physical space. And so what we do is really then amplify that experience digitally when someone is coming in person. So for example, you might take our, our you know, mobile app, walk into your building's headquarters, like today I'm sitting in a very nice headquarters in Fulton Market, 
Um, and I can walk up, you know, scan a QR code and experience something digitally in the physical space. So really, how do we then amplify the in-person experience using technology? Because let's face it, the users that are coming into these spaces, that's what they want, right? They want that amplified experience. They want that cutting edge technology experience also with hospitality involved. And that's really, I think, the crux of what we do really well is bringing those two things together. That's awesome. In the physical spaces, are there specific rooms for like, I want to do a one-on-one training session with a trainer. I want to take like a cycling class or I just want to take a nap. (laughs) Like, How are those physical spaces um, configured? Because I think in your traditional like office building in a downtown city, you, you walk in, there's like a Starbucks, there's a lobby, and then maybe there's an amenity floor. Uh, but it usually has like a cafeteria and like some soft seating area, a gym. And those are kind of like the table stakes, but it sounds like you're taking it to like a completely different level where you can actually have this like personal experience on your own path, like within this space. How, how do you think about design in that, with that in mind? So it doesn't just kind of feel like your standard cookie, cookie cutter, like office amenity complex. I think that you nailed it, right? Like we have to create a place where individuals can have their ideal experience in that space. And I think what we're all being challenged with right now, and that's the occupiers, that's owners, that's you know, service providers within these spaces, we have to create spaces that people want to be, right? That is the challenge. We have to, they have to be better than we've ever seen. They have to compete with the home office, anywhere they've ever worked. I mean, they gotta be really good. And that's, I think, really what we're pushing towards is there is no more cookie cutter, right? We are truly building spaces and places that are exceptional, that have a very hospitality-focused element while also leveraging technology so that we can connect other people to that space, right, when they don't have to be within the four walls. So really kind of redefining the value of the four physical walls of a a commercial office building. Um, And I think for us, you know, I try not to like attach ourselves to trends, right? We've all seen them come and go (laughs) all the trends (laughs) in the world for amenities, but truly working with each of our clients and understanding who, who is the user for this space? Why are they using it? What are the use cases and how are we going to make their life better when they use it? So that lends itself to a lot of different things, right? I mean, whether it's more outdoor space, access to recovery rooms, right? Whether that's mental recovery. So that might be a mindfulness or a meditation studio or physical recovery, Um, you know, getting access to the latest and greatest technology and gear to promote that physical recovery. Um, But what is that place going to look like? Naps, right? Uh, We do halotherapy, which is like salt therapy, you know, infrared is really popular right now. So uh, the halotherapy is like pink Himalayan sea salt. Like a room, <laughs> we're building one right now for a client. It's very cool. So you know, Sounds again, incredible. high-performing workforce. We want to build them a high-performance uh, lab of sorts, right? Um, and then you know, when you go into a, a, a social experience uh, space, right? So a tenant lounge. You know, obviously now we need fully manned F and B components in all of these spaces where we can really bring people together, build that community. We don't want them walking down the street to a restaurant. We want them leaving the office and the happy hour is, you know, right there in the building. And so how do we create all of these experiences that are really driving people back because they want to be connected. They want to be together. And then when they can't be, we can connect them digitally. Right. And I think that's like the beauty of of what we're able to do. Um, And, 
yeah, I mean, we, we, we love the challenge that some of the, the, the pandemic has, has brought on. Obviously, some of them have been not as fun. Um, but I think it's really helped accelerate some of these trends that we were seeing. Um, you know, I think they were going to take a decade to happen. And it's kind of happened in you know, weeks. <laughs> so that's um, been exciting to keep up with. Yeah, I think you're kind of, I wouldn't call it a pivot, but your extension into the digital side of it is brilliant because, you know, let's face it, like the pandemic upended how everybody thinks about work. And while there is certainly a portion of the population that is like, I got to be in the office, I got to be interacting with people, I want to go to happy hours, I want to go out to lunch and all that stuff. There's definitely people who are like, this is awesome. I never have to go into an office again. I don't want to drive an hour into the city. I don't like I want to talk to people like whatever your whatever your like mode is um being able to tether the employee back to the mission of the company through those um resources is I think where everybody is going to go right and I'm sure companies were doing that before too it's not like the pandemic was like the thing that made everybody do this right like if if you went to google right. or the googleplex or whatever you probably had anything that you wanted at your fingertips right Right. But now it's just that much more important to create that kind of like mesh between those two worlds. So absolutely, so the pandemic, although this sounds perverse, was actually pretty good for your business because it basically just like opened it up to these businesses that needed to provide these services no matter what, no matter where their people were. There were definitely many lows. <laughs> We'll right, right, right. We all had our lows um, for sure. It, we all had our lows. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately being in this space, we went from a nice to have to a need to have almost overnight. What I was challenged with is that when we started to sell our digital solution directly to employers, which we still do, and it's a big part of our business, it, it went from 0% of our revenue to 25% of our revenue. We're projected to push to almost 40% of our revenue. And this is SaaS revenue. Right. So, you know, yep. you have investors. They love that. That's <laughs> revenue is the best revenue. What I really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, for an investor, yes. <laughs> um, you know, what I struggled with is I really believe in the physical space. That's where I've built my whole career, right? right? right. Is, you know, in person experiences. And, um, and so I, you know, obviously built this because we need to, we need to survive. But I started to grow concerned if we would ever get the opportunity to kind of come back. And then if we did, how would these things intersect, right? Like how is a completely digital solution going to support um, our on-site solution? And so I've worked really hard over the last year with my team to really bridge that gap. And so I like to always say, however your team works, we have a solution. And ultimately it's flexible enough where if that changes, quarter to quarter, year to year, in navigating the ins and outs of whatever is in front of us, we can be there to support you. And with our real estate partners over the last two years, we have been able to, to get behind them, to have their back, to have them, that they have something they can offer their tenants that tethers them back to this very important space that they're paying a lot of money to be in. Yep. Um, and that's been invaluable, I think, to them. And then on the flip side, we can truly help the occupier support their employees because that's what their main concern is. And so we, you know, it was a little fuzzy along the way, but we ultimately have landed in this position where I feel so confident that we are doing our job to support the different groups that are our customers. And it's really three groups. It's the owners of real estate. It's the companies that occupy them or don't. 
and it's the users, right? The employees, the people, the end users who use these spaces, who rely on services like ours to truly fulfill, you know, their life. And what we're hearing loud and clear from the market is that employees aren't going to work in places or for companies that don't help support their lifestyle and what they choose to do. And I tell business owners all the time, you know, you may complain about this at times, but ultimately your workforce is more connected to you than any workforce in the history of mankind has been. Like we are on and connected all the time. You and I are sitting in two different time zones right now connecting. And we have to, in return, take care of their life. We own more of their life. We have to take care of more of it. So I think kind of coming to terms with that responsibility as an employer um, it's helpful. And then also being able to lean on your landlord for that support. And so it's really this whole ecosystem has become a really special thing. And I'm excited to keep continue to grow it and, and support people in this way. I think it's become more important than ever. It's always been a passion of mine. Like the rest of the world started to care about it because of COVID. Yeah. So that, that definitely was a tailwind for sure. That's super cool. I think um, if, so if, if you put your employer hat on, like, let's just say you're sitting in the seat of one of your prospects or your customers on the, on the occupier side, like, like what are the most important things that they want to provide their users or their employees? I would say mental health support is definitely top of the list for almost everybody right now, which is such an interesting thing because two years ago, it was still borderline, not kosher to talk about mental health and in the workplace. And I think that's been one of the best changes that has happened. Like we are really now having open conversations about our mental health. Uh, It's becoming more appropriate to get mental health support, to get employer sponsored mental health support, which is amazing. So we're seeing a huge growth uh, in that area, which is very exciting. I also think, you know, employers like really are from a physical space perspective, looking to help employees get access to the things that they want to do, right? So a big thing we're hearing from the users is, I want to get outside, right? Like when I'm working from home, I get to go walk my dog at lunch. I get to go step outside. And so how do we mimic that in the office? So we're seeing as an amenity, like outdoor space is like a big place (laughs) that people want to go and spend time. And every single new project and development that we're consulting on is, has private and, you know, amenity style outdoor space, um, which is great. Um, And then I think the other thing too is like, you know, how do we look at um, the culture of a company? Employees are driven and pulled to culture of organizations. And I think many people, you, you, you mentioned Google, right? Like from the outside, it's like, well, they have massage therapists and free lunch and they've got all these things. That's not culture right? Culture is the mission, vision, values of a company. Like here's our North star, everyone get in the boat, row in the same direction, right? It's, it's diversity, it's well-being, it's sometimes benefits and policies and all these things that kind of create culture. And it's really created by groups of people within organizations. And I think employees are looking for that right cultural fit, the thing that resonates with them, that they see reflected back in them and as an employer. And what we do is a part of that right? To help them build, to partner with them, to help them build that culture. And a building can have a culture and a company can have a culture, right? And so um, creating that, I think it's, it's, it's not something you can buy in a box. Yeah. It's right? not cookie so I, I, I yeah. always tell, yeah, I always tell our partners, our employers, 
uh, we're a toolkit right, that you you put in your organization and help we help you build your own thing, right? We're just a tool in, in it, and and so I think that's really important to recognize that, um, you know, whenever you're working with a company to to really understand that what they need is not necessarily going to be what everybody else needs, and I yeah. think looking at them very holistically is important. Yeah, that was that was kind of the crux of my question is like, do you have the standard out of the box? This is what we offer companies or is there a much more kind of like, let's roll up our sleeves with the head of people and the head of workplace and the executive leadership team of this company and figure out like, what is your company really all about? And, and how do we build a menu or a toolkit, if you will, for getting you closer to that like perfect like norm of like what you want your company to be? Absolutely. And what I love about what we're doing now is if you come to me as the, you know, co-founder of Occupier and you say, Hey, we've got 50 employees and we're working across the country and say, cool, Matt, I can build you a solution because I now have this product at my disposal where now I can help you. I couldn't do that three years ago. I can also work with some of the biggest fortune 100 companies in the world and build something for them. And so my job got a lot more fun, right? Because now we truly have a solution where the first question I always ask is how do you work? And, you know, that's sometimes in flux for companies, which is also okay. I think that that's what makes us really nimble in our solution is that we have a lot of different ways to support them. Cool. We should put Occupier in your sales pipeline. So we should talk offline about what we can do there. <laughs> um, I would love to. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, transition into our um, final segment of the Occupier show, our rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to give you one minute to answer each question. Um, I will cut you off if you go over a minute, just kidding. Uh, but you don't have to take the whole minute. And these are, these are chosen at random by our, um, awesome marketing team. And the first one is how do you start your day? First with coffee. Same, same here. (laughs) Anyone who knows me, anyone who knows me that if I don't start with coffee, not a lot of things go well after that. (laughs) Um, and then with my daughter, with my family, I'm really, I, I, work a lot as you can imagine and so I really try to create this special time in the morning where I just get a good time with my daughter and um you know as I'm drinking coffee and watching yeah you're drinking coffee and (laughs) she's having her breakfast and yeah that's the time of the day where you're like actually locked into that one moment and there's not many of those moments when you're working hard I I can uh, appreciate that for sure so okay question number two who is your inspiration and why Oh gosh, I'm inspired by a lot of people, but probably my number one inspiration, this is so cliche, but it's gotta be my mom. She's just such a badass and she's reinvented herself anytime she's ever needed to and been successful. Um, And she's like my biggest cheerleader advocate. She's like practically my therapist sometimes. It's great. We're really close. Uh, We have not always been close. I think I told her I hated her like every day of a teenager, but she still loves me, which is also inspiring. <laughs> wow. She stuck with you on that. And yeah. She stuck with me. And um, yeah, she's just awesome and uh, very, very good at everything. I just try to be, try to be uh, good at a couple things. Well, shout out to your mom. We love it. Um, okay. Um, transitioning to some current events. So who do you, who do you wish uh, got an Oscar this year that didn't get an Oscar? Um, 
I would have to like fake it and like start to Google things because I don't think I've watched a movie in three years. <laughs> or you maybe have watched some movies, know, but I'm... you have no idea which ones are being nominated for Oscars. It's like, I don't know. I'm the same. I have Coco no idea. Melon, uh, <laughs> Coco Melon. Coco Melon yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, Oscar list many times too. They saved my life a couple times. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I feel like I'm very disconnected from. Same with like the Grammys. Like I couldn't. I was like looking at photos of like you know red carpet. Yeah. I'm like I don't even know who people are. I'm so out of touch. Yeah, I probably because I don't have TikTok. I, I don't have yeah. TikTok. Is that embarrassing to say? <laughs> uh, I don't either. Um, I don't think that's embarrassing. Um, I think if you're a parent and you're on TikTok, you, you've got way too much free time. Um, so Agreed. I agree with you. I also didn't follow the Oscars. I mean, we all know what happened, but okay, that's a total different conversation. So, okay. Question number four. <laughs> what is your greatest achievement outside of work? Birthing a kid. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, quite the achievement. I agree. <laughs> And then keeping her alive. And then now she's still alive. Maybe even yeah. a bigger achievement. Yeah. <laughs> she's, 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 uh, yeah. But I think like being a parent, I'm very vocal about this too with my team. Actually, I was just meeting with someone who's expecting soon. And I, being a parent is hard. It's <laughs> definitely harder than my day job. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's such a win. Every day I just get through the day and everyone's happy-ish and healthy and fed and um, I'm like, that was a win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you went, you Sometimes went to sleep. To You're dog, alive. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's really sad when the dog takes the second, uh, the backseat to the kids, the dog just gets neglected and you're like, Oh God, what did I do this? Especially time? when the dog was like the first kid, which kind of was my dog. She's it's been a tough time for her. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's still trying to adjust. <laughs> yeah. You didn't feed me yesterday. If you didn't feed your child, like that'd be a different story, but you know, <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, um, probably alligator. Oh yeah. Which New Orleans is not weird in some places, but in the Midwest, it's not normal to eat that. Um, yeah. and I was, uh, I don't know where I can't, I think it was in Florida, which makes yeah. sense. Florida, um, Louisiana. Right. Yeah. Part of, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if you were eating alligator yeah. up in Chicago, you either like had that imported or you somehow caught one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was a one and done thing. <laughs> so you wouldn't try it but again? It was strange. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anything I ate that's the very like... weird stuff in Japan when I was in Japan too, but I don't know what it was. So I can't even tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like if you eat some interesting sushi in Japan, you're like, that tasted pretty good. It was a little weird. I don't know what it was, but. We did have like sea anemone there and I, re- I didn't enjoy that. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, with alligator, I mean, at least you can like just batter it and fry it and it just tastes like, you know, calamari or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I blocked it out. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to bring up the memory. (laughs) Well, Colleen, this has been great. Thanks for joining us. I think you guys are, have a really bright future ahead of, ahead of you guys. And we're running into a lot of the same themes that you are um, because we have a lot of overlap in, in, in clientele. So I'm sure that we could have some conversations about how we can work together in the future, but Best of luck with everything. And thanks for joining the uh, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan of what you guys are doing and building and hope to watch you continue to crush it. Awesome. I'll, I'll hit you up next time we uh, I come to Chicago and I'll head into your salt room. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See you, Colleen.